0: This is a reading from Psalm 78, verses 17 through 20. Yet they sinned still more against him, rebelling against the Most High in the desert. They tested God in their heart by demanding the food they craved. They spoke against God, saying, Can God spread a table in the wilderness? Even though he struck the rock so that water gushed out, even torrents overflowed. Can he also give bread and provide meat for his people? Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Grace and peace to you, beloved. I am Amy Wilson-Feltz. I'm the pastor here at Morning Star. Just in case you haven't had a chance to meet me yet, I would like to meet you. So hopefully we can make that happen after the service today. Welcome to those who are worshiping online as well. As we begin the message portion of our service, I invite you to take a deep breath. And let us pray. Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts together be pleasing in your sight this morning, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Anytime I am asked to set the table in a place other than my home, I feel a momentary sense of panic. Formal place setting is not something that I grew up doing, so it always makes me a bit nervous. Years ago, I took a course that taught me about the hidden rules of the social classes, and the information was designed to reveal that many of our institutions and our customs are based on the experiences and the understandings of the middle class. That means that people who grow up in poverty must learn to translate. Translate in order to access what they need. Proper setting of the table is one of those customs, and knowledge about setting the table is also tied to another hidden rule of the classes regarding how we view food. Research confirms that after a meal, the common question among people who live or grew up in poverty is, did you get enough to eat? Are you full? People in the middle class tend to ask, did you enjoy your food? How did it taste? And people who are living with wealth often ask about how the food looked. How was it plated? One group is concerned about sustenance. The other, enjoyment. The third, presentation. Now, none of these perspectives are bad, But how we relate to food reveals whether we tend to live with a mindset of scarcity or one of abundance. The passage that Rick just read for us this morning from the Psalms calls out the people of God for living with a scarcity mindset. Psalm 78 recalls the story of the Israelites in the wilderness. It's a story that is central to our faith in terms of our ability to recognize God's pattern of behavior. God's pattern of behavior to hear the cries of the people, to see their suffering, and to be moved to do something to alleviate that suffering. And the people were suffering. They had been enslaved in Egypt, spending long days building the king's empire, their families torn apart by cruel and violent practices. So God raises up a family of leaders And Moses and his siblings, Miriam and Aaron, they guide the people out of Egypt with the aid of a miracle or two, and away from their oppressor. But they were not yet truly free. In the wilderness, in that halfway house between Egypt and the promised land, the people were stuck inside their fear and their doubt as they grumbled, we should have stayed enslaved. At least... Under those conditions, we had food and shelter. From their perspective, their table was empty. In fact, they did not have a table any longer. The table is the setting of our current worship series as we contemplate what it means to set a place for everyone. And last week, we talked about building the table in terms of arranging our lives on the foundation of the teachings of Jesus That brings us today to the idea of setting the table. And certainly, we are called to trust that God will provide, but we do have a role to play in deciding what to do with what God provides. The Israelites discovered this truth as well. So let's go back to the wilderness for a minute. Despite their grumbling, God responds by literally sending food down from heaven. At night, quail descended upon the camp so the people had meat to eat, and every morning the ground was covered with bread from heaven. Every day, God provided enough for each person to have their fill with a double portion on the sixth day so that they would have what they would need to rest on the Sabbath. But the people lived with a scarcity mindset and had done so for so long that they could not even truly believe that God would be mindful of their needs. So they took matters into their own hands and they began to store the manna, the bread from heaven. And whatever they stored rotted before they could eat it. And that's when God became frustrated. It wasn't the grumbling that frustrated God. It was the greed, the inability to trust that incited God's anger. Psalm 78 retells this story not just to recount the ungrateful behavior of the people, but to remind us of God's faithfulness through the ages, God's faithfulness through Noah and through Abraham and Sarah and then through Moses and Miriam and Aaron. God set the people free from slavery and guided them in that wilderness expedition, leading them as a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. And when they were thirsty, and there was no body of water inside, God struck a rock through Moses, and the water flowed to quench their thirst. But even that wasn't proof enough of God's love and God's grace. The people continued to grumble from a place of lack, asking, can God set a table for us in the wilderness? And even then, God still chose to provide And the people responded not with gratitude, but with greed, spurning God's generosity and limiting their own ability to be generous as well. In terms of our faith, generosity is a readiness to give based on trust in God's faithfulness. It's a readiness to give based on trust in God. Now, we all know many people who are living day to day without enough to eat without the satisfaction of their daily needs. We see that in real time every time we offer a food distribution through our lighthouse pantry on the first and third Tuesdays of the month and one Saturday every month. Maybe we have been in that situation as well. Maybe we are in that situation as food prices continue to rise. My point is that God has provided, consistent with God's character and track record, God has provided everything that everyone needs to live in abundance. The lack comes from our own sense of scarcity, our tendency to hoard, to keep more than we need, and the results are disastrous. We see that in the lives of our ancestors in the wilderness. God continued to provide, but their distrust continued to rot the society from the inside out, and they continued to suffer. What would have happened if they had taken what God had given them and set the table for one another out of a sense of generosity? This is the way we seek to live here at Morningstar. That's why I sent you a letter via email last week. If you have not read it, I hope you will. You'll be able to find it in the Star Weekly tomorrow afternoon. This letter does give an update of our financial situation, but its purpose is to invite us to consider our own practices of generosity. Generosity is first and foremost a spiritual matter, and we can grow in our generosity in very practical ways. In this community, in this moment in time, a few practices could enable us to pursue our mission more generously. Number one, people who attend Morning Star regularly but do not give at all could give a gift of any amount. Truly, no gift is too small. Number two, people who give occasionally to Morningstar could begin to give on a regular schedule because consistency allows us to budget accurately. Number three, more people could begin using an automated method of giving through our website or our mobile app, because automation improves consistency. Number four, people who designate their gifts to a specific area could begin to give unrestricted gifts. An unrestricted gift can be used at any moment where the need is the greatest, Now, let me be clear here, giving money to a specific area of ministry for a specific purpose can be very helpful, especially in the beginning of the ministry. But if we all designate every gift, we enter into some cash flow issues, and we're not able to meet needs as they arise. Now, many people are already doing all of the above, and for that I say thank you, and I pray that God continues to lead you to do so. And I share all of this to remind us of the power of our combined generosity in our community. These practices, they strengthen our table. And they equip us to extend the table and to set it with the good gifts of God that will nourish anyone who gathers. That's why I included In the letter, the invitation to think and pray about your own practice of generosity and to communicate your intention to give support to the mission of Morningstar by sharing an estimate of giving. That's what these cards are about. I have them here available today as well by the giving box and outside in the gathering area. I invite you to pray and think about this as a practice of generosity. We will come together on February 26th in our worship, offering our generous practices to God with thanksgiving. These cards are available online as well. Now, some of you may be feeling extremely uncomfortable in this moment. Some of you might even be thinking that Sunday morning is not the time for us to talk about these matters Those of you who are newer to the community might not feel ready to have this conversation. Some may think it's inappropriate of me to offer you the opportunity to let us know what you are planning to give. If that is you, that's okay. Just sit with those feelings if you can, but try to stay present and try to remain open in this moment. Try to take Morningstar out of the equation and think about what I've just said in terms of cultivating an inner sense of generosity based on your trust that God will provide, based on your trust in God's track record of faithfulness. So let's think for a moment about what it means for us to set the table and to sit at the table. Think for a moment about what it means for us to sit at the table. But because we can't set the table for others when the cuppers of our souls are bare. We cannot give what we do not have. Let me just say here that it's okay to be hungry. It's okay to be hungry. Actually, it's necessary. Physical hunger reminds us of our vulnerability, and it connects us to the rest of humanity. It reminds us that we all have the same basic human needs. And spiritual hunger reminds us of our need for God's love and God's grace and God's guidance. Jesus tells us this. If we turn to Luke chapter 6, to the Sermon on the Plain, Jesus says, blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God, and blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who are hungry. Beloved, we fill our stomachs and our eyes and our lives with so much these days, I wonder if we can still even truly identify what it is we're actually hungry for. The Israelites thought they were hungry for food, but when God provided everything that they needed, they weren't satisfied. What they were really hungry for was God's love and grace, which comes from trusting God and comes from knowing God and experiencing God, which we can do as we grow in our understanding of God's word. So what's on your plate? spiritually speaking how are you allowing yourself to be nourished in your faith I invite you to take your placemat if you don't have one just raise your hand I'm sure we can make that happen the placemats look like this yeah we have just just one I think oh two we have two (laughs) just raise your hand and keep it raised no problem there Have a pen or a marker ready, and I'm going to explain what we're going to do. These placemats are available online, too. I want you to think about ways that you intentionally nourish your souls. Now, I hope that you engage in prayer and scripture reading every day. Here at Morningstar, we offer several opportunities to stay connected with the Word of God in community. Studies for men and women take place on Mondays and Thursdays every week, respectively. Right now, the men are studying Hebrews, and the women are studying Luke. Johnny Talley leads a group on Wednesday nights through the Bible Project from Hyde Park, which guides participants through the entire Bible. The kids are learning classic Bible studies Bible stories during Sunday morning, Sunday school, and also on Wednesday nights. The youth are engaging in scripture at their level at those times as well. Growth groups provide the chance for people to engage in the scripture together and to talk with each other and walk with each other in matters of faith. I've also listed our storytelling initiative parables at the top because hearing people's stories each week can remind us that God's pattern of behavior still holds. God still hears the cries of the people and sees their suffering and is moved to do something about that suffering. And we often hear that theme when we're hearing from each other during parables. If you already participate in these opportunities, go ahead and write them down on your placemat, on your plate, to represent the ways that you are nourishing your souls. And if you don't participate and you're thinking about it, write that down on your plate too. Show how you are filling your plate with a study of the word through a Bible study, through parables, through a growth group, or how you would like to begin participating by writing that down on your plate. Go ahead and take a couple of minutes. I'll do it too. You can keep working on it. If you're not done, that's okay. It means you're putting a lot on your plate to nourish your souls. But I'd like you to take a look at that plate and see the spiritual sustenance that God is providing through Holy Scripture. The good news is that we don't have to be nervous about setting the table because the table has been set for us so that we can be nourished and motivated to set the table for others. No one is excluded at this table, and there are no hidden rules. But just like the manna in the wilderness, the good spiritual food that we are given will go to waste if we don't consume it. Beloved, we must first come to the table hungry, recognizing that our ability to provide for our own needs lies just outside of our grasp. We are dependent on God. Remember, blessed are those who hunger, for they will be filled. Do you long to be filled? Are you hungry enough to arrange your life to taste and see that our God is good? Are you hungry enough? It is only when we come to the table in recognition of our own poverty that we can truly live from a mindset of abundance because we learn to trust that God will provide, that God is faithful. And it's in that place of vulnerability that true generosity is born as we recognize that we have everything we need to engage in setting the table for others. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, thank you for setting the table for us. Thank you for offering us many ways to sit with and embrace and embody your word. Thank you for the opportunities we have to grow in our community together, to learn that your generosity is meant to inspire generosity in us. May everything we offer be used to your glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.